On this All Saints Sunday, our text today comes from the letter of 1 John, the third chapter. It'll be on the screens, it'll be online, and it's also in your Bible. Let us hear these beautiful words for us today. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world did not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children. Now, what we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. This past week, I had the opportunity uh, to preach and to speak at uh, the UMAC annual convention, which is the United Methodist Association of Communicators. And there's nothing like preaching in front of a bunch of people whose profession it is to communicate. Yeah, it's not nerve-wracking at all. Now, lately, travel has been nightmarish. But normally, I love traveling. I love going through airports. I love flying to new places. And I love it for for two reasons. One, I love going into an airport and seeing all of the different places where people are going. It's amazing to think of, of not how abundant the universe is, but just how big and abundant and lovely our planet is. People going to all reaches of the globe, all on a random Tuesday. How beautiful, how lovely. I also love it because I begin to imagine what are the stories that are happening? Is someone starting a new career? Are they going on vacation? Are they starting a new chapter in their life? Are they going home? Are they meeting someone on the other terminal? Someone they love, someone they care for. What's the story? Now, normally, when I get into an airplane, uh, I usually do some work or play Sudoku or whatever. Uh, This time I said, you know what? I'm going to treat myself to a movie. We're just going to turn it off. We're going to watch a movie. It's great. And as I'm flipping through the movies, I realize, like, oh, no. There it is. There's that movie that I've been trying to avoid. See, Robert Kyle asked me months ago to watch The Pope's Exorcist. And I've not been brave enough to do it. You know, like, I, you know my thriller story. I don't like Ma- Michael Jackson's thriller. Like, I'm not a super huge fan of Halloween. I don't like, I don't like scary. I, it, it's not a thing. For, if I want to feel that sense of horror, I will eat Christie's leftovers that she doesn't know that I'm eating. And I'll just take them out of the fridge. I'll, I'll finish them so that when she gets off work and she wants to eat the thing that's in the... If I want that sense of fright, that's what I'll do. I could do that for free. So on the airplane, okay, we're going to watch the Pope's Exorcist in the daylight, (laughs) in public, with headphones that I can take out of my ears if need be, right? Now, I can't can't recommend it as a family film. Uh, I don't recommend that you go home with the kids and watch the Pope's Exorcist today. But it is an interesting film. Without giving anything away... Fundamentally, this is a movie about what it means to unmask. What it means to be honest 
about how messy we are as humans. To be honest, to be genuine of what lies behind what we present to the world. To drop the charade of who we present ourselves to be. When I was in the eighth grade, we had a poetry project that we had to submit. And I quickly learned that if I wrote a happy limerick, I'd get a C. But if I wrote a dark, brooding, emo kind of poem, I'd get an A+. Com- look, comedies never get the Oscar. You know what I'm saying? Comedies never get the Oscar. So I wrote a poem called Matt's Mask. And it was about how every day the world is broken and my soul is broken. And, but I get up and I put on a mask and I present a, a happy facade for all those who might be brave enough to look in my direction. It was such a successful poem that I got reported to the counselor. <laughs> so here I am in eighth grade and I walk into the dimly lit beige, very peaceful office just off the principal's office. Matthew, let's talk about your poem. And I said, well, did did I get an A? She goes, well, let's not talk about grades right now. Let's talk about what the poem means. I said, well, it it, it meant that I hope I got an A on the the poem. It didn't take her long to realize, like, what was happening, you know. But irony of ironies, that poem itself was the mask. Because I had presented exactly what the teacher wanted to see in order to get the grade that I wanted. It's very much like Halloween, where children put on masks and they go to your house to get what they want, namely Snickers, Skittles, circus peanuts. They they, they go, they wear, you know, trick-or-treat, here we go. And the thing about Halloween, let me just say about Halloween, I, I do hope that one day we all, like, just take a breath, like Halloween is, it has roots in the church, like, it's all, it's all okay. You know, dressing up like Green Lantern and getting some Skittles, like, it's all okay, friend. In other words, be a good neighbor this week. Now, I would love every person that comes to your house, you're like, I'd love to invite you to Asbury United Methodist Church. That invite always works better with the Snickers. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, you know, be a good neighbor to those who are coming to your house today. Wearing a mask to get what you want. Our scripture lesson says this. See what love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God. No, that's fine. That's fine. I'm glad you're okay. How thankful we are that God is a God of love. That God has given us space, as God says, to be children of God. I do wish, however, the text said, God loves us enough so that we might be CEOs or that we might be amazing athletes for God or that we might be the best lawyers on the planet for God. But no, but God, it says for us to be children of God. 
of God. I used to think that this meant that we, we are supposed to be completely dependent upon God, like an infant is dependent on a parent. But I think the more, the more I learn about Scripture, the more I learn about God, the more I study God's Word, I realize that it, maybe it has much more to do with being in awe and wonder than it is about dependence. Might we be filled with a sense of awe and wonder over what God is doing, to be filled with curiosity and courage? It's less about being strolled as it is strolling into unfamiliar places to find beauty and hope. Now, if you have children or if you've been around children, it doesn't take long for children to begin putting on masks to get what they want. That mask could be throwing a fit. That mask could be following the rules. That mask could be pouting in the corner until someone finally pays attention to you. And these masks stick, don't they? See what love the Father has given to us that we might be called children of God. In other words, God's love has given us the space and the grace to be you, because you are enough. Not only that, but because we are a child of God, we are an heir. But what is it that we inherit from God? Sam Wells has a fantastic book called Improvisation, the Drama of Christian Ethics. And it tells the story of a rich man, a beautiful maiden, and a mask maker. And the story goes like this. Once there was a rich man. He met and fell in love with a young maiden. She was lovely in form and lovelier still in character. He rejoiced when he saw her. Yet he grieved also, for he knew that he was not like her. His face was hideous and his heart was cruel. He considered how he might win her hand. Eventually, he hit upon a plan. He went to go see a mask maker. And he said, make me a mask, so I shall become handsome. Then, perhaps, I may win the love of this noble young woman. The mask maker did, as he was bid. The man was transformed into a handsome figure. He tried hard to summon a character to match. And it was sufficient to win the heart of the fair maiden, and they were married. Then years of increasing happiness followed, but the man knew that he was carrying a secret. He sensed that true love could not be found on deceit. He had to know if his wife really loved him, if she loved the man behind the mask. So, one day, with a heavy heart and a trembling hand, he knocked a second time on the mask maker's door. It's time to remove the mask, he said. And he walked slowly and anxiously back to his home. And he greeted his wife. To his astonishment, she made no comment, nor showed him any untoward reaction. There was no scream, no horror, no revulsion. He searched frantically for a mirror, and he saw, he saw no ugliness. 
He saw a face as handsome as the mask, a face so different than his original face, and he was amazed and overjoyed, but, but bewildered and confused. He ran back to the mask maker to find some kind of explanation, and the mask maker said, you have changed. You loved a beautiful person, and you have become beautiful too. You have become beautiful through loving her. You become like the face of the one whom you love. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we, have, what we will be has not yet been revealed. But what we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. What is it that we inherit but the beauty of God? The text says those who have this hope Purify themselves as Christ is pure. What does this purification look like? If I speak in the tongues of mortals and angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all of my possessions and if I hand over my body so that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. All Saints Sunday is a day set apart for us to meditate on heaven. In heaven, there's no room for gongs or clanging cymbals. There's no room for that kind of noise. There's no room for treasures and, and stuff, not because it's, it's wrong to have stuff that you might share, but finally you're in a place where you are enough, just you. It's misleading to hear that in my father's house there are many mansions I go to prepare a place for you, and to think that heaven is a place where we finally get all the stuff that we have earned I can understand why we often think that the place Jesus prepares for us is a mansion to house all of our stuff. It's because we've made our home a place where we keep things instead of a sanctuary where we ourselves are enough. Jesus says the way is narrow. And that's not because... It's a weird Sunday. This is, I don't know what's happening. About to wrap up this sermon. See, you mentioned the Pope's exorcist, and then all of these things start happening. Sleep with the lights on tonight. <laughs> I'm, just you, I'm just preparing you. So what I was going to say is that the way is narrow. It's not because it's hard. It's because you can't bring all your stuff through. It's, it's, it's just you. It's finally a place where you are enough. I find it fascinating that today, 
uh, the text says that all who have this hope purify themselves. It doesn't say are purified. We purify ourselves. And now we are, we are good Methodists. We are not works righteousness people. We do not say that we earn heaven. But being a child of God, being a child means that we do learn how to walk and how to move from milk to solid food, how to speak, how to share, how to love, how to make friends, at least to do all of that before we start putting on masks because of fear or anxiety or preservation. You know, when the man and the woman in the garden ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it's not that sin entered the world that day, it's that shame did. They hid. God says, where are you? They said, we heard you coming and we were afraid of you. Beloved, we are God's children. When God walks in the garden, we should answer in hope, saying, here I am. <laughs> you become the face of the one whom you love. So let us fall in love with the one who loves us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.